Another is leaving. For the rest of the season. Up. See the red zone issues that this offense has had this season. Blackson with Dalton. Up the seam and is caught for the touchdown. Tyler Boyd. As Dalton throws him a strike. Welcome to another edition of Frankly Speaking. I'm your host, Larry Frank, and you just heard it as you were coming on to listen to the episode. We had one player going ahead and sticking with the team. Why another one's being released? Let's start with the breaking news from early this morning. Andy Dalton, the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals, has been released. That is correct. He has been released. So what everyone has expected, Joe Burrows will probably be, probably be the starting quarterback in Cincinnati. Now, you know, you look at Andy Dalton's statistics, and you know, statistics don't tell a lot, and I understand that, but you know, he was 314 of 528 uh, uh, receptions last year for 59.5% completion ratio. He had 16 touchdowns and 14 interceptions while throwing for around 3,500 yards. So an average quarterback on a not-so-average team obviously does not lead to positive results, and Andy Dalton is being released. So the question now comes up, where will Andy Dalton go? And a lot, a lot of speculation that a great fit, from what I'm hearing, would be Andy Dalton going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Because Jay Gruden, who formerly coached him, is definitely the uh, offensive coordinator now over there. And they have a terrific relationship. But then the question comes up, what do you do with Gardner Minshew? Would you rather have Minshew, the youngster, or would you rather have Andy Dalton? And if you look in 14 games last year, Minshew was the was one of the most popular people in the city of Jacksonville, Florida uh, last year. He threw for 3,200 yards, 21 touchdown passes, and only threw six interceptions. So he does not throw the ball away a lot. Um, the only backup they currently have right now is Jake Luton or Lutton down there. And I'll tell you, this team has some offensive weapons. I'm not going to say they're spectacular. I'm not going to say they're like the, uh, you know, um, excuse me, Patriots. Uh, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the explosiveness, but they got two young receivers, DJ Clark and D.D. Westbrook, and they just picked up Tyler Alford from the Cincinnati Bengals over the offseason who had uh, 43 receptions for 456 yards 
and three touchdowns. Somebody that Andy Dalton is accustomed to throwing the ball to. So the question's going to come, do you stick with Minshew or do you get a veteran like an Andy Dalton? And, you know, I'm not saying that the Jacksonville Jaguars are not going to go out and get him because right now you got Cam Newton available and you have uh, Andy Dalton available. Two of the high-profile quarterbacks are still available out there. Um, you know, New England still needs a quarterback. We talked about this yesterday. We're not going to get into this again today. But um, Cam Newton could be going to New England, and there's a chance Andy Dalton might. Per, you know, when someone throws 21 touchdown passes like Minshew did last year and only throws six interceptions, you know, I think that's a pretty good uh, saying of what this quarterback can do. Unless they're not confident enough over there in Jacksonville and Gruden's not comfortable, you know, Jay Gruden with uh, Minshew, then there's a reason to go after him, uh, Andy Dalton. But if you're comfortable with Minshew, you just don't add a person of a caliber of Andy Dalton just for the sake of bringing him on. So have to see what gets done there um, in Jacksonville. But once again, Andy Dalton has been released. Then in what is a surprising move to some, the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers have exercised the option of O.J. Howard, their fifth-year um, tight end. You know, they got Rob Gronkowski over the uh, offseason in a trade with the New England Patriots. They had Cameron Brait. Here's a guy, O.J. Howard, that is only making about just under $2 million base salary next year. And to put that in perspective, that's more than Jameis Winston's making next year with uh, the New Orleans Saints. And I don't think there was much risk in it. Last year, Howard had 34 receptions for 459 yards, one touchdown, nothing spectacular. You know, you, you felt like last year that Byron Leftwich's offense did not use the tight end a lot. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, where's O.J. Howard? How does he fit in to this offense? And then not only do they go out and get um, Rob Gronkowski, they also restructure Cameron Brait, and they also re-sign O.J. Howard. So, you know, obviously to some a surprise, to others it was expected, but O.J. Howard is back in a Tampa Bay Buccaneer uniform for 2020. Now, before we get into our next topic, which is really going to get me going off on a few individuals who do not know how to shut their mouth, we're going to go to the Frankly Sports, Frankly Speaking Sports uh, text line, where we had a question that came into us from Derek, all the way from Tampa, Florida. And Derek is one of our newest members, and he wrote this. He said, I've always liked the idea of a modest salary for NFL players, say roughly 250000 annually, with big performance-based incentives. The game would be a whole other level. Can you please discuss this 
on your sports podcast. Well, Derek, I completely understand. You know, basically what Derek is trying to say is, why don't we go ahead and start everybody off at the same salary and then based on performance or incentives, which some people do have contracts, just like the Winston contract that he signed yesterday with the Saints, $3 million of it is based on incentives. But what Derek is saying is, Think about how much more, in his opinion, now once again, this is what Derek is saying, is that think about the how much more effort, if any, these players would put in if they knew that every time they were out on the football field, that if they didn't perform up to a high level, then they weren't going to get paid. And... You know, you start everybody at 250 a quarter million dollars, and then you say, for every touchdown pass, you get this. For every um, completion you throw, you get this. For every pass you catch, you get paid this much. For every tackle, and so on and so on. And, Derek, in theory, that sounds great, but, you know, we're, we're now in the... Uh, in the time and era where, you know, people want to leave teams, you know, they want to go from team to team. Tom Brady was not going to come down to the, uh, to the, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers if you paid him a base salary because everybody then would pay him the same base salary. So basically there's no difference or no plus side for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to negotiate with a Tom Brady than there is a Jacksonville Jaguars team or Miami Dolphins team or so on. And, you know, I understand your theory. And, you know, I, I, it definitely does make sense what you're saying but in today's game, that, in my opinion, would not work. But I do want to say, Derek, that is one heck of a theory. And, you know, I do like, you know, performance-based because I think that, you know, people get paid what they deserve that way. I just don't think it's going to work in the NFL. We have some expecting breaking news, uh, which will be no surprise to any, but... The Kansas City Chiefs, the local team here in Arkansas, Kansas City Chiefs, have exercised the fifth-year option on quarterback Patrick Mahomes. No big surprise here in Kansas City, but it has just been reported by Adam Schefter, and I wanted to go ahead and share it with you since it's happening why we're on the air. That's what we do at Frankly Speaking Sports. Want to remind you all that if you have any questions, topics, concerns, just things you want to talk about, you can go ahead and leave a message right here at the end of our podcast on our Frankly Speaking Sports podcast, and we will play it on the air and answer your question on our next episode. Not only that, but get a hold of this. If you have a Twitter account, please follow us on Twitter. Okay, we have a Twitter account. You go to at Larry Frankis. We will post our daily podcast there just like everywhere else. So you will have the pleasure of listening to it and have easy access. Also, you can send us an email if you have a question. At frankly speaking, 528 at gmail.com or 
even better, you can go to the fastest growing sports group on Facebook called Frankly Speaking Sports. That's right. You go to groups, you, you go to that little search button, and you type in Frankly Speaking Sports, and it'll bring up to you our sports group. Go ahead. Ask to join, we will approve you, and you will get updates on the fastest and most updated sports news around. So make sure you do that as well. We still got a lot to talk about. I do, after break, we're going to go into something that has really pissed me off and just showing you that, guys... You know, in professional sports, and maybe women too, uh, sometimes they just don't know how to walk away and keep their mouth shut. So we're going to talk about that when we come back from break. Also, when we come back to break, um, we are going to talk a little bit about baseball, what some of the expectations are, uh, the rumor about minor league baseball, will it or will it not play out this year, and also what we're hearing you know, currently about the return of Major League Baseball. So when we come back after hearing our good buddy, Dick Vitale, on his tip of the day, we will talk about it. Artificial tip of the day goes to something I read recently. It said, you know what? Great things happen when you work hard and you're kind to people. And that brought home a memory to me. Growing up as a youngster, I would hear constantly and on a consistent basis from my mom and dad. They would say, Richie, it was never Dick. Richie, be good to people. And people are going to be good to you. And how true that is. Put that hand out. Extend the hand with love in your heart. Help people. You help people, people are going to help you in chasing your goals and your dreams. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking Sports. I'm your host, Larry Frank. And before we get to our next topic that I told you we would get to in regards to people not knowing how to shut their mouth, I just got um, a text message from my good buddy Field Yates, who is an NFL inside reporter. And, you know, earlier in the show we were talking about the release of Andy Dalton from the Cincinnati Bengals. And not only did that move free up about $17 million in cap space, but listen to this. Andy Dalton, who was just released, finishes the Bengals, his career, I should say, with the Bengals as the leader, all-time leader in passing touchdowns with 204 Second in passing yards with over 31,000. Most fourth quarter comebacks, 20. And game winning drives, 24. Three pro ball nods. And he helped take this team out of the dumps to five playoffs appearances. You have to admit, Andy Dalton, which we discussed earlier in the show, definitely had... um. A very, very solid career with the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, someone who has not had as solid as a career had to be Jameis Winston with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm going to tell you all this, and those of you that have listened to my show 
First of all, I have been one of the biggest supporters of Jameis Winston. You know, every time the fans in Tampa Bay were calling for his head and he should be let go and he shouldn't be the quarterback, it was I who kept saying, no, I like what I see in Winston. You know, here's a guy who throws for 5,100 yards, 33 touchdowns, and I'm sticking up for him. But the guy doesn't know when to shut the heck up. You know, here he is. He leaves a team. Okay, a team doesn't re-sign him. He was making $20 million last year. He's going to make $1 million this year. So he's taking a $19 million pay cut to be a backup in New Orleans. He, he could have went to New England and started or Jacksonville and possibly started for a million bucks. I mean, the Patriots had that on their salary cap. So, you know, here's a guy that settled. He settled. That's what he did. He settled to be a backup, and then he opens his big mouth and starts taking shots at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the coaching staff. You know, he there he is yesterday saying that, he would have to go and learn things on Google. Come on, Jameis. This is the reason people didn't like you. Because this is showing lack of leadership. Then you take, you know, when he first made the comment when he was first signed by New Orleans, I said about uh, how all these different coaches um, are... You know, like a Harvard education. You're getting a Harvard education in quarterbacking when you go to the Saints. Now, that's fine. You know, I try to take that at first and say, I was one of the few people that thought that was a jab to begin with, while other people thought he was just complimenting the New Orleans Saints. But then you come back and say, Bruce Arians is at fault for this. Byron Leftwich is at fault for this. Jason Light is at fault for this. You start accusing everybody, and there is no accountability from you. Okay? Don't tell me Bruce Arians, who has coached some great quarterbacks, did not teach you nothing last year. That is a bunch of BS. Okay? And for you... Okay, if you want to talk about who is stupid here, it's Jameis Winston. You took a $19 million pay cut... Now you're making every excuse that you couldn't see for five years uh, because of your eyes were blurry. You could have took care of this. You're making excuses for your failure. You know, I always tell people, it's how an individual handles adversity is dictates how he is as a person or how she is as a person. But here you go, shooting your mouth off, instead of just saying, thank you, Tampa Bay, and moving on, okay? You know, I don't know who your agent is, but I hope that nobody in the NFL has the same agent as you, because they definitely need a, you know, you were talking about a Harvard education. They obviously don't have one to let you make $19 million. You're going to a team that paid a backup quarterback last year $7 million to be their backup. They're not even paying you a million dollars. And 
You're doing it for one year. What, you're going there one year to learn and then you're going to leave? You know, Jameis, the best advice I can give you, you're out of the way, you're out of Tampa Bay, you have a new start. Start, start this new beginning by keeping your mouth shut and not accusing other people for your failure. That's my take on Jameis Winston there. Then, you know, I don't know what they're teaching their people in Tampa Bay, but they're not teaching them to be quiet. Because then you get Rob Gronkowski that comes out, and he's talking about how he's had the playbook for four weeks before he even became a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, Rob, if you know Rob and you know Rob's personality, and especially if you're one of my many listeners that listen from the New England area, Rob will sometimes say things just for the attention of saying things. And I don't mean that disrespectfully towards Rob Gronkowski, but that's just Rob. He's a big, playful teddy bear, and I don't think a lot of people realize that. So instead he goes, ah, I just had the playbook for four weeks. I don't think he really meant that. And first of all, if he really did mean it, why are you telling people? You know that stuff's going to hit the airway. It's just stupid, you know, to say something like that. Whether you're kidding or not kidding, you have to understand what the consequences of are, or what they're going to be of the words that you speak. And in this case, both these individuals, and you know, Rob in a different light, because you don't hear Rob badmouthing anyone. I don't think I've ever heard Gronkowski badmouth anybody through his career, um, like Winston just did. Um, in his case, it's just, hey, if it was true, be quiet. Don't tell anyone because you're only going to get in trouble. In Winston's case, it's just pure stupidity because he's accusing, he's getting other people involved. He's bringing other people down. He's What is he going to do? If he goes ahead to New Orleans, let's say, and I hope this doesn't happen to Drew Brees because I love Drew Brees to death, but let's say Drew gets injured. He comes in and he starts throwing these pick sixes like he did in Tampa. Is he going to say, well, the reason this is happening is because, you know, I had to go on Google when I was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Google didn't tell me who I should throw the ball to. You know what? Get over it, Jameis. It's about time you start acting like a man. Once again, I want to let, you know, I preface it and I'll say it again. I've been the biggest Jameis supporter. I think Jameis has a very, very good chance of going on to be a very good quarterback. The only thing with Jameis Winston, like I said, is he just didn't know how to keep his mouth shut. On the field, I loved him. You know, when you throw over 5,000 yards and 33 touchdowns, you have to have some talent. But when you open up your mouth like that, it kind of takes away from your talent. Now, before we go to break, um, I did get another question. Um, actually out of Fayetteville, Arkansas, which is about 20 miles south, the home 
of Woo Pig Suey. That's right. The Arkansas Razorbacks, which we are going to talk about a little bit later in the show, especially about that basketball and football team. Um, but the question came from a young lady named Donna who wants to know, you don't talk about the Tennessee Titans a lot. What is their expectations next year? And in simple terms, I think the expectations are real high for the Tennessee Titans. I mean, they re-signed Ryan Tannehill, who came on in the middle of the year and did a tremendous job. Then they went out and re-signed or franchise-tagged uh, Derrick Henry, who by far, and I said it yesterday, I love Christian McCaffrey, but this guy I got last year to watch him live. I actually went to Nashville with my wife and watched the game, and this guy is unbelievable. I have never seen a runner like this in my life. So you add that to a pretty, pretty good, you know, offensive young receivers in A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, and that's not even yet talking about um, Adam Humphreys, the former Tampa Bay Buccaneer. All three of those, I mean, Brown and Davis are incredible. I mean, I enjoyed watching them play last year so much. So they got a very, very, very good um, explosive offense over there, and then you add in their defense their defense is getting better and better. Their defense has has been what's killed them in years, and I think they're really good. I mean, you got some really, really good cornerbacks. Uh, obviously, Malcolm Butler, that goes without saying. Um, you also have uh, Adoree Jackson, so two real, real good players, and you got a lot of good players in the middle in uh, Isaiah Mack and Vic uh, Beasley, so I think... You know, in that division, you have Jacksonville, Houston, and Indianapolis. Indianapolis is questionable. You don't know what Phillip Rivers is going to do there. Um, Houston, I they've had one of the worst defenses last year in the whole league. I don't see them being able to keep up with other teams. And then the Jaguars, you know, are not predicted to be that great either. They're real young, and they may be upcoming. And you'll see what happens there with the Andy, if Andy Dalton's going to become a member of the Jaguars or not, if they, or they're going to go with Minshew. But I think that the Titans should definitely win that division. Um, you know, I'm not going to say they'll run away with it because that's one of those divisions that just always seems to be decided by one game. So we'll have to wait and see. But I, if you're asking me who I think wins that division, I'm definitely picking the Tennessee Titans. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the Arkansas Razorbacks. So let's go to break and we'll come back with some Woo Pig Suey. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking. I am your host, Larry Frank. Hope everybody's enjoying the show so far. We're going to go into right now, talk some Arkansas, the local team here, the Arkansas Razorbacks. And, you know, before we get to the great, great offseason recruiting that um, Eric Musselman and Michael Musselman have done for the Arkansas Razorbacks, I mean, there's a lot of excitement this year around this football team. You got new coach Sam Pittman, who I really, really feel sorry for because he hasn't had the opportunity yet 
to really uh, actually hasn't had the opportunity to have any practices with this new team that he's taken over, which has definitely got to be difficult for any coach, but yet a new coach. Um, you know, they're talking about playing, you know, a bunch of different fronts on their defense this year and trying out some new things that's going to be more of an attack style uh, defense, which I'm really looking forward to. And then, of course, Felipe Franks, you know, everybody's expecting Felipe to start. And I've had the pleasure of watching Felipe for a little over two years, basically until he got hurt last year and Kyle Trask took over for him with the Florida Gators. But, you know, Felipe has a cannon of the norm. I'm telling you, Arkansas Razorback fans, you, there's a lot of excitement around him. The only thing he was not good at, which really caused him, really hurt him from being a top-notch Division One quarterback, was he's not a great decision maker. He doesn't know how to check down receivers and go from receiver one, oh, you're, you're not open, and check down to the second and third receiver. And I'm hoping Sam and the offensive coordinator down at the University of Arkansas can help him with that because he couldn't get over that in uh, Florida, but he does have a can of the arm. He has the ability to run the football. He's a tough kid. He's not afraid to go ahead and knock people over when he's running with the ball. So you're going to like that. But like I said, the key to Felipe um, this year when and if we have a season, is definitely going to be his decision-making and if he could figure out how to check down receiver one and go to his secondary receivers. Now, as we look forward to football, and hopefully we'll hear something soon here, um, what an off-season for the Musclemans. Um, basketball recruiting... I cannot, you know, I am so excited to see basketball next year in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Um, you know, I, I already told my wife, we are getting tickets. And we're going to, you know, wherever my wife and I go, and I don't know how you other sports fans are, and I'd love to hear from it. You you can always contact me once again on the Frankly Speaking hotline or frankly speaking, 528 at gmail.com, or go to our group page on Facebook, frankly speaking, sports. But wherever we go, like we lived in Tampa for the last 36 years. If we're in Tampa, we pull for the local team. We may have some teams that we like growing up. I grew up in New York, first 13 years of my life. So I obviously grew up like in the Jets, the Mets, the Knicks, the Islanders, so I, I I still pull for those teams, but when I go to like Tampa Bay, I started rooting for Tampa Bay. When I moved to Gainesville for a couple of years, I rooted for the Gators. I mean, it's hard not to root for the Gators if you live in Gainesville. When I lived near Jacksonville, I had season tickets to the Jacksonville Jaguars. We went for a couple of years, we rooted for them. We like to take care of the local teams, and now we're in uh, Bentonville, Arkansas, which is just 20 miles from, uh, or a little less than 20 miles from where the University of Arkansas is. So we're going to start rooting for them as well. And when I'm watching this basketball team, um, you know, last year they were having a pretty good year. Uh, they were on the brink of making the uh, 
March Madness, but everybody knows what happened there with COVID-19. Um, but this team is expected to be a top 10 team next year in the SEC. I mean, listen to this signing class. You know, if you just break this signing class down, and I'm talking about 2020, if you just break it down by the numbers, listen to this. They're number five on ESPN's recruiting class rankings. Number five out of every Division I school. That's incredible. Um, They had six total signees. They've had the most four-star signees of any Arkansas class. So this is by far the best four-star signing class ever in the history of the Razorbacks. They got the highest-ranked individual recruit in seven years. That's incredible. Seven by number seven, highest-ranked individual recruit in seven years, and they got the highest-ranked Arkansas recruiting class in sixteen years. Highest-ranked Arkansas recruiting class in sixteen years. I mean, Michael Musselman and Eric Musselman is really trying to put a program here that's incredible. And I think once, hopefully, all of this uh, coronavirus and COVID-19 and everybody figures out what's going on there, um, hopefully we'll be playing basketball, and I think we will by that time. And you got some real, real... If you're, if you're one of my listeners in the Arkansas area... You're going to be real excited because we're going to be covering the Razorbacks a lot here on Frankly Speaking Sports. And not that we won't follow any other college teams. We follow whatever my listeners want to hear. So if I got a big Razorback following, I'm going to talk about the Razorbacks. If I got a big Gator following down in Florida, we're going to talk about the Gators or both. So whatever the crowd likes, that is exactly what we'll be talking about here on Frankly Speaking. Now, getting into some Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball. Uh, First of all, Major League Baseball, you're hearing a lot of grumbling or rumbling or talk out there about the season beginning. It looks right now, and I thought it would, the the actual uh, announcement would have came down by the end of last week, but it looks real good by the end of this week that you're going to hear the plan that Major League Baseball is putting in place to start the season. I don't think it's going to be a question of any more of whether Major League Baseball is going to be played. It's going to be played. The question is which plan are they going to use to open the season with. This year is going to be different than any year you've ever seen in baseball. Looks like we're going to go ahead and start the season in late June. Now, I don't know when they'll be reporting, but we'll hear about all that. But it looks like the actual startup time, it'll be an American celebration. And what better way for the American pastime to start on Independence Day, which is, I'm sure, something that they are thinking about. So we're going to have baseball before too long. They're talking about 100 games, roughly, and extending the playoff teams, I think, from 10 to 14 Um so that part is what they're looking at. 
They may start without fans and then add fans. You know, these are all things, you know, you don't know what to do anymore. Every day you can turn on three different channels and you're going to get three different opinions of what you can do. One will say go out. One will say don't go out. One will say go out but keep yourself socially distanced six feet away. You don't know who to listen to. You know, you're allowing a bunch of people in an airport, a bunch of people at a grocery store, but you can't allow a bunch of people at a game. So a lot of it doesn't make sense to me, and I'm not going to sit here and talk about what they should do from a fan standpoint or what they're not. The good part is I just want to see some baseball. Now, they may realign the leagues as well geographically to keep teams and their players closer to home, which I think is, you know might be a good idea. But it's going to be interesting, and you know these guys are missing baseball. I don't want you to go out there and just think, that the fans are missing baseball, which we are. But these players are missing, and coaches are missing baseball too, especially Terry Francona, the manager of the Cleveland Indians. I miss being around the players. I really do. I mean, I know that every once in a while they give you a headache, but they're fun to be around, man. We, we, got, and we got a good group. Um, I like seeing, you know, if we can somehow find a way to be good enough whether we're a little young or whatever, a little hurt, you know, trying to find a way to, to compete with some of the better teams in the game really gets my juices going, and I still really enjoy that. I would have never believed I'm saying this, but I have mastered Zoom. And <laughs> we, we as, as an organization, we have, I, we've really done a good job of keeping in contact with, like, being the coaches or the baseball ops guys, and then the players, and, and along with like our strength and conditioning and our medical staff have done a really good job. And we've even had calls where we've been all, all together, where it's been the players and the staff or the pitching coaches and the pitchers, just so the guys can see each other and, and get a couple laughs. But, but most importantly, I think to gauge where everybody is and just not have, when we do show up, not have there be any surprises. And that was Terry Francona of the Cleveland Indians, and, you know, it's got to be tough for a coach. I mean, not that it's not tough for the players, but here you are, you're in limbo, you had spring training already, which you can just throw that out the door. That was just like a, uh, I guess you can call it a winter league or something that you just played for fun because now you have to do spring training all over again. There's no way your pitches are going to be ready in the time frame that Major League Baseball is going to give you before you start playing games. They're just not going to be ready. They may be ready to go four innings, five innings, but after that, you know, a lot this year is going to be really depending on a lot of strategy out of that bullpen. And I don't know, you know, once again, what's going to happen with some rule changes. Because remember now, there's a three batter minimum um, when you bring in a pitcher out of the bullpen. Uh, you know, so it's it's, it's going to be very, very interesting. And not just for, um, you know, the coaches, but, you know, players like Trevor Bauer have to go through the same thing. All the negativity going on right now, not negativity, but all the, the hardship in the world, sports is used a lot of times as an escape for people where they can kind of get away from their real-world struggles, tune in for three hours and watch their favorite team play. And people don't even have that right now. There's no, there's no traditional sports. Like UFC's not even going. There's no, like, you can't find sports anywhere in the world. 
no soccer, no cricket, no, you can't even tune into alternative stuff like that. So, yeah, getting something back on TV for for people to see and to, to be able to kind of get away from their their struggles would be huge. And I agree 100%. It would be very, very huge if we could go ahead and get at least some. I mean, think about how big the draft was, uh, the NFL draft had more viewers than ever before. We needed that. We as a society needed something like that that was live just to be able to watch it. I mean, look at the ratings on the uh, Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary or the Chicago Bulls documentary. Just an incredible amount of people that want to see some type of professional sports. Now... Minor League Baseball, um, somebody incorrectly, and once again, we did not hear at Frankly Speaking Sports announce it, but somebody came out yesterday trying to put out their statement that the Minor League Baseball season has been canceled. I want to go ahead and go on record and let you know that from Frankly Speaking Sports, we are reporting that that is false. Once again, that is false. As of now, there will be a uh, minor league baseball season until something else is announced. When it will start, how it will start, how many teams will be involved is still yet undetermined. But as far as minor league baseball goes, there will be a season this year. We'll be back right after this break. I want to welcome you all back to Frankly Speaking. I hope everybody's enjoying our show today. I want to remind you, if you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, topics you want to talk about, you can reach us right on this link. Right after this show is over, it'll say, leave message. Go ahead and leave us a message, and we'll get your message on the next episode of Frankly Speaking Sports. want to also remind you that you can go to franklyspeaking528 at gmail.com and leave us a message as well. Follow us on Twitter. If you have a Twitter account, go to at Larry Frankis. We'll try to keep you updated on the latest news going on in the world of sports. Also, the fastest-growing sports group page on Facebook, Frankly Speaking Sports. Not just Frankly Speaking, Frankly Speaking Sports. Join now so you can also get updated news. And every day, our podcast will be on that link as well. So a lot of different ways to get in touch with us. If you want to sponsor our show You can get in touch with me directly or leave a donation at the end of this show. You can do so. Lots of different ways to help us from a technical standpoint to keep improving our show so that you can keep having the pleasure of listening to us. Now, before we leave today, uh, you know, Tom Brady, you know, we have a big following in New England. We have a big following in Tampa Bay. And he wanted me to leave this message for you and play it for all those Tampa Bay fans. So let's go ahead and uh, do that here. I'm so happy to be in Tampa Bay. And I wanted to say thank you guys for welcoming me and my family 
into your community with open arms outside of getting kicked out of the park the other day. I'm so excited to be a buck. So we have an incredibly exciting season ahead. I can't wait until we can get together as a team, start our practices and start working hard to improve. There's a lot of work to be put in between now and the start of the season, but I'm looking forward to seeing you guys at Raymond James in a couple short months. I promise you that. So stay safe, everyone, and let's go Bucks. Good old Tom Brady from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I want to thank you all for joining us today and remind you that tomorrow we'll be back with another episode of Frankly Speaking. Have a great day. Thank you.